Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. And so today I am very excited to kick off our collection of talks called Overflow, leaning into this understanding of how do we live more than enough? How do we live in the more than enough that God has called us to? So I encourage you, as you've, we've heard it said before, tap the disc, tap your phone to the disc in front of you. You can follow along on the YouVersion Bible app with all the notes or maybe open a note on your phone and take your own creative notes. Come on, let's go. But this whole conversation is helping us realize that God has poured great blessing into our life. From the very beginning of it all, just so you know, we would still be dust on the ground if it weren't for the generosity of God. He formed us out of the dust of the earth, and then the most important part, he breathed life into us. Why? So that we could have an overflow in our life and to others. Usually that word's not a good word. Like if you hear, if someone calls you and says, hey, Toilet's overflowing, ah, right? Like that's a little stressful, been there. But in the terms of spiritual things, overflow's good because we do want that blessing to fill us and help fill others. In one of the most famous verses of all time, Psalm 23, it says, my cup runneth over, my cup overflows. And it's saying that for two reasons. Number one, that God is never in a hurry when it comes to his time with you. He just wants to sit and talk with you love on you and have a relationship with you, but also he wants you to know that when he pours that blessing into your life, pours that encouragement, that joy, that strength, the power of his Holy Spirit, that it should overflow into the lives of others. It should overflow to make a difference in those around of us, in those around us, through our words, through our actions, through our financial giving, all of these things. We, we say it this way at Local City, that generosity, living in the overflow of generosity, is our privilege. One of my favorite verses in scripture from the book of Proverbs says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Everybody loves a generous person. I don't know if I've ever heard a negative thing about someone be said like this, man, that person, they're just too generous. I don't know, they're just a little bit too. No, it's a good thing that we all wanna have. And we're gonna really talk about over the next couple of weeks, the posture of generosity. And so to the title of today's message is More Than Enough. Turn to the person next to you, give them a little elbow and say, hey, more than enough. More than enough, let them know. Today's more than enough. If you're sitting by someone you don't know, that's okay. Be awkward together and then you're gonna have a friend in just 10 seconds, right? Like, more than enough. And really what we're understanding in these collection of talks is Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Paul says this, and I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. But you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now I know we're entering Christmas season and don't get me wrong, I love Christmas so much. Probably even too much when it comes to Christmas lights and decorations. My wife Adrian's always like, okay, enough lights. I'm like, nah, more, more. I wanna be seen from space, Clark Griswold style, all right? Oh yeah, yeah, let's go, yeah, there we go. People are excited, come on over, let's go. But the thing is, is that we realize that we jump right to Christmas, but forget, hey, let's take a deep breath, Thanksgiving time, all right? Let's give a little thanks. Let's remind how we can 
give thanks to God, those around us, to realize it is more blessed to give than to receive. And here's the concept of these whole next couple of weeks is that we lead the way with irrational generosity because we truly believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. I love that phrase, and we're gonna talk about that a few times this morning, irrational generosity. Just doesn't make sense. But I'm telling you, when you step into that generosity that doesn't make sense, and you just can't help but serve and give and overflow and be a blessing, man, it is incredible the encouragement and value and purpose that you feel. One of my favorite quotes uh, about really our faith is, comes from a guy named Eugene Peterson who wrote the message version of the Bible. He says this, no life of faith can be lived privately. There must be overflow into the lives of others. So as we build our faith today, I want you to know that the encouraging things and the powerful things that we talk about should overflow into your workplace, into your friends and family tomorrow. There should be a little bit of influence that comes out of you because of what God is pouring into you today and this understanding of more than enough. And I don't know where my son got this, but he loves the idea of generosity. He loves the idea of more than enough. Let me show you a little picture from this past Tuesday of our family getting ready to go out trick-or-treating. There we are, space family. Come on, we look good, don't we? Look at that, look at that. Especially our astronaut, that astronaut suit on Teddy is just barely fitting. I mean, it's, it's stretch limit is to the max because he's a little chunk guy, but he's awesome. We love him. But then we have our, my son Shepard down there in his rocket costume. Shepard always picks out the costumes every year. And so this was what he was excited to do. He was excited to be a space family. Now listen, my wife and I, we just make it easy. Let's get some NASA shirts, get a NASA hat, and we're good to go, right? And we went out, we went trick-or-treating to a few houses in our neighborhood because we love being able to do that. As a Christian, you don't have to be afraid of that or anything like that. I believe that if you're a Christian, you should go meet your neighbors, have the light on, hand out some candy. You know, God's going to do some good stuff through that. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, but we do that. And so we went out through the neighborhood. It was awesome. Um, but what we do is we leave a bowl outside that has a little sign that says, hey, take two candies and have a great evening. And Shepard has a lot of fun going and collecting candy. He's also very specific. Like, he just grabs, like, one piece, even when people are like, hey, grab a few. He's like, I'll just take one, right? And I'm like, Shepard, grab more, because I know I'm going to want to eat that this week. Like, grab a few more, because otherwise you're going to run out. Like, I was going through the candy yesterday. I was like, man, I'm not really happy with the selection we got. I want some more Sour Patch Kids, some more Reese's, man, too much Twizzlers and other things in here that I don't like. Uh, but anyway, that's, again, a personal opinion. Uh, but anyway, so he loves doing that. But when we pulled into the driveway... There were, a, there were a handful of kids on our street coming up to our house to grab candy, and Shepard jumped out of the minivan and ran up the porch steps and started handing out, hey, you get two pieces. Hey, hey, trick or treat, you get two pieces. Just handing out to every single kid, not even letting them go up to the bowl and grab them. He's like running down the street, running down the sidewalk. Hey, don't forget your candy, right? Because he realizes as a five-year-old, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And it's pretty amazing to see his heart light up with that. And for me, I'm praying, God, don't let him ever lose that. Because there's something about when we become adults, we lose that heart of a child just to be generous, just to see a smile on someone else's face. We begin to think about the world in terms of how it affects us and what it's doing to us and getting our own problems solved and getting out the things that we need rather than taking a deep breath and realizing, well, God, how can I be a blessing to others even when life's crazy? 
How can I live in that irrational generosity? How can I live my life, live my faith, not privately, but in an overflow to those around me? Irrational generosity. And see, the greatest enemy of a more than enough is a not enough mindset. And I want you to look at this verse from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. It says this, Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth, and he's speaking to them about some other churches in northern Greece in the Macedonia area. Let's pick it up. Chapter 8, verse 1, it says this. The title over my, in my Bible, it says this, a call to generous living. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness, can I just tell you that God is a kind God? I need you to understand that because sometimes we forget it. But it says what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Now, let's read these next few lines, and I want to give you some context. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Now, let's hang here for a second. What's going on in these churches is that they are being extremely persecuted because of their surrendering their lives to Jesus and their desire to build his church. Like, a lot of people didn't like that, whether it was the Jewish religious tradition or just the pagan God followers of culture at that time, they didn't like people coming in and saying, hey, actually, all the stuff that you believe isn't true, isn't real, and we have got to give our lives to Jesus because he is the true son of God who conquered death and walked out of the grave alive. He is who life is all about. It's about our heavenly father, God, who created us. That began to create a lot of enemies. And the churches in northern Greece, because of just the way culture was and the way they approached society, were heavily, heavily, heavily persecuted. Some people, when they would give their life to Jesus, they would lose everything. Their family would turn their back on them. They would lose their jobs because their jobs were rooted in things that were not of Christ, were not of his church. And they're getting persecuted, but they cannot be stopped because they understand this concept in following Jesus of irrational generosity. What does it say? They're being tested by many troubles. Who's got some trouble in their life right now? Anyone? All right, I'll raise my hand with you. Tested by them. They're very poor. I'm not gonna make you raise your hand, but maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there now. They're very poor. But what does it say? It doesn't say that they're, wa they're wailing and complaining. They're upset. They're not living with purpose. They're, they're walking around defeated and discouraged. It says they are filled with what? Abundant joy, which has what? overflowed in rich generosity. See, I pray today you would realize this concept of joy. And joy is a choice. It's one of our core values here at Local City, that when we show up to church on Sunday, when we show up in our lives every single day, it's about choosing joy regardless of how we feel. See, in this midst of your life right now, you may be facing a lot of difficult things, a lot of troubles, a lot of testings. I want you to know that in those moments, you have to surrender or, or just commit to the truth that your choices will lead and your feelings will follow. It doesn't mean that your feelings aren't true. We get our feelings hurt. We go through difficult things. I'm not saying that life is always easy. It's not. Can I get an amen? Come on, life's not easy, right? There we are. Life's not easy. It's hard. But when we follow Jesus, we realize we have a choice, that we can be filled with not just a little joy, but abundant joy, which then has to take a step into an action, which then overflows in rich just generosity. 
And I love that Paul continues to tell the church at Corinth, hey, here's what's going on. You guys are kind of messed up right now, but here's what they're doing up in Macedonia. Here's what he says as we finish these verses in verse three. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. Can I stop right there? When it comes to what I'm gonna talk about today, giving of your time, giving of your talent, giving of your treasure, which means finances. I wish we still had treasure, but we just call it finances now, right? I'd love to have a treasure chest that I paid all my accounts out of, but no, it's just finances. That is fun. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for their believers in Jerusalem. Paul is telling them, hey, no one forced them to do this. As the church leader, Paul isn't saying, I forced them and told them to do this. What does it say? Out of their own free will. Because what did they realize? Man, God has given me so much. How can, I, how can I not constantly and consistently live my life with an open hand to help those around me? And I know God will supply all my needs. And they, I love this, because Paul is even saying that I didn't ask them to do this because I knew they were going through a tough time up there in Macedonia. But what, are they, what is this church begging? They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers of Jerusalem. Because one of Paul's mandates was that he would go around in the churches that he would plant and he would raise money for the Christians in Jerusalem because they were getting intensely persecuted by the Roman Empire. They were losing everything and he was trying to keep them going and keep them encouraged. And the churches in Macedonia going through their own testings and their own trials are saying, hey, we've got to help them because we can be a difference maker. We can overflow with generosity for them because how can we not when what God has done to us? And Paul says, it was out of their own free will. No one forced them to do it. They chose to do it out of their hearts and out of the conviction that they had. And they begged that they were able to be a part of what God was doing across the world. I pray that that would be my heart when it comes to living generous and living in the overflow. That I would constantly beg God over and over and over again to be a part of what he's doing. Because here's the thing, today's title is More Than Enough. Let me tell you, the greatest enemy to abundant, overflowing joy is a not enough mindset. It's a mindset. Because some of us, we may have walked into this place, whether it's emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, we walk in with this not enough mindset. I don't have enough. I need more. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I can't do enough. I just want you to let you know that mindset will keep you so trapped, will keep you so limited in what God wants to do with you. And sometimes it is hard. I know, I understand. I've walked through those moments where, I've, where I've, it's been difficult in different seasons and troubles and testings. But I gotta tell you, when you just change that perspective from I'm not enough to what Scripture says in the book of Ephesians that God can do more than you can possibly ask or imagine or think, you begin to walk with a little bit more joy, understand that God can still do something through you. you. You begin to walk with a little bit more confidence knowing that, man, God's with me, and it may be crazy right now, but I can keep taking steps forward. So let me give you a few things real quick, a couple mind, mind, uh, mindset changes for you. The first thing is to move from a not enough mindset, we've already talked about this, to a more than enough, more than enough mindset. Can you just make that shift for me today? I know it may be hard, but choices lead, feelings follow. I know you may feel like you don't have enough or you're not enough, but I wanna tell you, God says you are, 
God says you have more than enough. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because you have Jesus with you. You are more than enough. What does it say in the book of Romans? That I am more than a what? A conqueror. Not because of what I've achieved or not because of what I have. I am more than a conqueror because of Jesus who has already conquered everything and done everything for me. Come on. That's worthy of a little bit of thankfulness today. More than a conqueror. More than enough. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God will generously provide all you want. No. God will generously provide all you need. Then, sorry, I'm waking you up a little bit excited here. (laughs) Then you will sometimes have everything you need. No. Always have everything that you ask for. No. Always have everything you need. And plenty left over to share with others. What an idea. What a promise. Not enough? No way. I'm more than enough. I may be in a difficult season right now, but I know the God who is with me is more than enough, and I just got to focus on him. Then when it comes to our life, our time, our talent, and our treasure, a lot of us live this way. I've been there. But God is asking us to begin to let go a little bit and live this way. And that mindset changes this, moving from it's mine to it all belongs to God. I just want to let you know, your life is not yours. Because if it was, we would still be those little mounds of dust waiting for someone to breathe life into us. It was God in his generosity who said, nope, I want to create them and put them in paradise. And he breathed life into you and me. And then he placed us in the garden, this beautiful place that all belonged to him. Who messed it up? Us. Who has two thumbs and messed it up? Me. You. (laughs) We still mess it up today, right? But the thing is, when it comes to our life, I'm telling you, you're just going to lead yourself into a lot of anxiousness, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration if this is your posture. Can I encourage you? Your life is not yours. It all belongs to God. Let me speak practically. When it comes to your finances, it's not yours. It's God's. And that helps me because I realize in seasons of a lot and seasons of a little, It's all God's anyway, so he's going to figure it out. He's going to take care of it. I just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep trusting him. If you want your life and your finances and your gift, if you want those to be yours, God will let you you take control of them. But it'll also be yours to figure out when you don't know what to do. It'll also be yours to figure out when you're overwhelmed and stressed and have no answers. Why don't today we make the decision to say, you know what, God? It's all yours anyway. It's not mine. And I give it to you today. I love what it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, just a few verses later from what we read earlier. But who am I? And who are my people that we could give anything to you, God? Let me just tell you this. A lot of people say this about the church. That church only wants your money. God only wants your money. Can I just tell you, I don't want your money. God does not want your money. What could money do for God when all he has to do is speak light to darkness and it's there? Speak and create anything he wants. Why would God want that? I can't give anything to him. But the reason I do it is because everything we have has come from who? Comes from God. And we give only what you first gave us. It says later on in 1 John that we love, why? Because he first loved us. I give only what God's given me. Famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. We're going to do a couple special things here as we begin to finish up in the next few minutes. 
But the third mindset I want to give you is of your time, your talent, and your treasure. How do you live in the overflow? By moving from I'll give when, dot, 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 to I'll give now, period. If you're waiting for that specific condition and that, those specific boxes to be checked before you start to give of your time, talent, and treasure, you'll be waiting a while. And you'll always come up with an excuse of why you don't have to fully do it yet. And days and days and weeks and weeks and time and time will go by where you miss out on the things God has for you. Where you miss out. I love what it says about the church in Macedonia. They did not care about what they had. They focused on what they could do and what God could do through them. They didn't say, I'll give, we'll give when our church isn't being persecuted. We'll give when all our troubles are done. No, I'll give now. I'll give now. One of the best ways you can do that, just like RJ said earlier, is to serve with the talents that you have been given. And today's right after service is Serve 101. We, we give you lunch because, you know, we want to show you the generosity, but mainly because we want to unlock the talents and purposes that God has given you. And listen, my testimony is not I started doing what I'm doing right now. I just said, you know what, there are a couple little giftings I could have that I could do I just want to play a small part in what God's doing. And man, when I did that, it was amazing what God did in my life so quickly and so powerfully when I began to live like this and say, I have more than enough because of Jesus. That I realize that it's all belonging to him anyway and that I can just give now. Here's the thing. I wrote this down in my journal as I was preparing for this message. It's that Christian giving is estimated in terms not of quantity, but of sacrifice of sacrifice. So one of the things I wanted to do, two special things, one involves this ladder in just a moment, but the second thing is, uh, is I think there's a lot of power in testimony. I think there's a lot of power, and again, I believe in the power of scripture and, and me sharing it with you, but I also believe there's power in when you hear a story of someone who sits in the same seat that you do, who lives the same life as you do. So I'm going to invite someone to come up and just share a little bit of their testimony of what God has done in this specific area. Would you do me a favor, and would you give a nice round of applause and welcome Mr. Nate Hammond to the stage with me? Come on, everybody. Come on, Nate. Come grab a seat with me over here. I'll get... Now I have to, you know, he's going to do a great job no matter what. But I did tell Nate, hey, on Friday afternoon, I was like, hey, man, I have an idea. Or I want you to come share. And he was like, it's Friday afternoon and Sunday's like only a day and a half. I'm like, yeah, it's okay, man. You're going to do a great job. Um, but why don't, Nate, why don't you kind of introduce your story a little bit of how you, just briefly how you came to the church, what God's done in your life. And then we'll talk specifically to some of the things that we've been talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. Um who don't know me, I'm Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Catch me at basketball on Mondays. Yeah, tomorrow, 8.30, let's uh, go. Men's Bible study Tuesdays. 6.30 in the morning, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been with local for about three years now. Yeah. Um, I really, about six months into local, after I got baptized, I really started leaning into tithing. Yeah. Um, and that was a very big uh leap of faith for me. Yeah. It was something I've, you know, never done before. And I, and through that time, um, a real posture of generosity grew yeah. in me. It, uh, it really added an extra level of pride into my work, knowing that what I was working for was so much bigger, even though the yeah. job didn't change at all. Um, just the purpose behind it really yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, um, so Nate's story is he comes from the private chef world, which is amazing. And one of the things that he did right away, these Thanksgiving outreach, outreaches and these donation lists that we put together, and even partnerships we have through donations from, from Sprouts and other grocery stores, Nate's used his kind of 
privilege, or not privilege, but talents and giftings that he had before Jesus, before church, but has realized, hey, I can use those and now build God's house and help others in the same way that I was helped. And I think that's so incredible. And God's done some great things in your life. You got married this year, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, it's right here. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Um, see, you give, and who knows? Maybe you could get married. Um, <laughs> but also, I know the reason I really wanted you to come share is because I know this year, um, again, outside of getting married, the ultimate blessing, but it's been a little difficult this year. Walked through some trouble, some yeah. testing. So yeah, share with us so. a little bit about that. But then I know you got, just recently experienced some a big win or a big exciting thing you got to step back into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this year, um, at the beginning of the year, it was kind of placed on Kelly and I's hearts to start a new business together. Um, and it was just the idea of just kind of being a more passive uh, kind of business. And then got married, uh, went on our honeymoon, which yeah. is amazing. Um, and right at that time, through circumstances out of my control, I lost my job. Uh, and it was through some conversation, uh, we decided that I was going to go full time into this business that we were creating, um, which was terrifying, uh, <laughs> totally terrifying. And uh, so we really leaned into that. And, and it was a really another different but big test of faith for me, um, really just taking it one day at a time and relying on God that, that he was yeah. going to provide. And um, we were extremely excited because two weeks ago, uh, we got our first check yeah. <laughs> for our, for our <laughs> new company. Yeah, Shout yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and we were, uh, and I hit up Ryan and I was like, oh, dude, we were able to tithe for the first time. And, <laughs> yeah. and it, it really meant a lot because... Um, the foundation of our company now is built on generosity and yeah. we were just so pumped on that and and also it really taught me that you know as my income fluctuates throughout this life um, the purpose and like spiritual value that giving has provided me is just really priceless yeah 100 percent. i remember they would share this with bible study and he said he could feel like I, I'm not being able to tie, not being able to give. It was doing something to my soul. And then it finally unlocked. Being able to do that was just freeing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if there was one last piece of encouragement that you would share with us today, um, what would that be? Just. I mean, it would it would just be take that step. The, yeah. The, the faith, like leaning into the uncomfortable is where all the growth really happens. Yeah. Hence why I'm up here on stage. <laughs> and, and and just trust. Trust, and, and it, it really changed my life. Yes. Come on, everybody. Give it up for Nate's testimony right there. Come on, man. Ah, you're doing a great job, man. So good. So good. So good. And I, I wanted his story to really impact you guys um, because I think stories are really impactful. And so one of the things that I love that Nate just shared is today is about really taking taking a step. And as I close today, I wanted to give you a little object lesson because really the practical for today, um, the practical for today is this understanding of living in the overflow of generosity is, is climbing the generosity ladder, right? Like there's a ladder behind me. So obviously, how do we do that? Well, I want to give you a couple steps that you can take today. I believe if I can make it so practical for you and so clear, maybe you can take a step just like Nate was saying and begin to experience that blessing. Again, and blessing is more than just material, Sometimes blessing is just knowing more and more how deeply God is committed to you and how deeply God is with you and there for you. 
So what I want to challenge you with, and maybe you're at one of these steps today, maybe you're on one of these rungs of the ladder, and I believe today, maybe we can take a step up, because what's going to happen is, as you climb that generosity ladder, you begin to get a better perspective of who you are, and who God is, and what he's doing in you, and through you. So here's the first thing. I believe none of us want to be here. I don't think any of us want to stay here, but the first rung of the generosity ladder is way down here. It's not even really a rung. It's like, we don't really have, this is bad English, but we don't really have any, we have none generosity in our life, right? Like, like whether it's coming to church or, or giving at the church, like we just kind of come and we, we consume. Maybe our whole Monday through Saturday is driven by consuming. I believe if I really sat you down and said, hey, are you happy with the fact that there's none generosity in your life? Are you happy with the fact that all you do is consume, consume, consume? I believe in, the, in a moment of honesty, you would say, no, I don't want to be there anymore. I do want to give. I do want to serve. I do want to live in the overflow. It's just hard. Can I tell you, God understands that it's hard, but he encourages you, just step up a little bit. Take that step of trust. Take that step of not I'll give when, but I'll give now of my time, my talent, and my treasure. So I believe what happens then is then you step up into what I would call an occasional something. So for us, and don't worry, I'm good at climbing, so I'm not going to fall. Um, an occasional something would be, let's talk about it in terms of our generosity financially. You know, as, as RJ was talking, maybe we say, you know, I like serve day, I'll give then. But it's more driven by the occasion. It's not driven by your posture. And the something is not driven by anything other than convenience, right? Like the occasional something is, yeah, you know, if I'm, if I'm available, I'll go to serve day. If I have enough, then I'll be able to sow into what God's doing. If I have enough time, then I'll make Sunday church, right? But the occasional something never leads to power, never leads to the real full life that God wants for you. It does not lead to an abundant joy on the inside like the Macedonians had that then produces an overflowing generosity. I believe for us, we have to begin to make a choice of that we are going to do this and this is who we are. Generosity is not something we do, it's who we are. That God is a giver. God is someone who wants so generously to share with you the things that he has. And so I believe one of the greatest steps that we can move from none to occasional is to building that habit of generosity in our life through what we call recurring giving. And we take that step up. That says, you know what, no matter what, I'm living generous. No matter what, I'm going to serve and give. That's why on our website, when it comes to giving, we offer recurring giving, where you can just say, hey, you know what? The first thing that I do is not gonna be a bill, it's not gonna be the mortgage, it's not gonna be some other, other thing. It's gonna be investing in the fact that God has blessed me and I'm gonna give it to God because God is first and foremost in my life. It's recurring, it's what I trust God with and committing to that today. I pray for some of us, when it comes to our generosity in trusting God and our giving, that we'd say, you know what? I'm just gonna become a recurrer giver. No no more recurring giver, no more occasional somethings. I'm making the decision today. It's just gonna go no matter what. And I believe God will open up the doorways for you. And then as Nate said, the next step up to is to really commit to what we call tithing. Tithing that was not created by some pastors in the last hundred years. Tithing is literally a commitment that God called Abraham to make. He says, Abraham, give me the first 10% of what you have and I will bless you more than you can possibly imagine. Here's what it means. It means that when God has the first, the rest is blessed. And it's the first 10%. And tithing is something that I promise you will begin to fulfill you and free you up in ways that you never thought possible. 
We've been in church, maybe some of us, we've been in church for years, we've never made that commitment. Some of us, we've heard this challenge before, and we, rather than, okay, God, not I'll give when, I'll give now. And I believe that when you do that, just like Nate said, it will unlock something inside of you that you just didn't know was there. And one of the things that we offer here, you probably can't see it because I'm standing on this ladder in front of the screen, (laughs) but we offer this thing called the 90-day tithe challenge, which says, hey, for 90 days, commit to giving your first 10% of your income to God and see what he does. In Malachi 3.10, God says, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the doors of the storehouses that I've built for you. And I believe in this so so wholeheartedly, we as a church do, that if you do this for 90 days and you see no blessing of any kind in your life, not just for the fact, again, we don't give to get, we give to give. So what I'm saying is, God will bless you, maybe not financially, maybe he will, but I definitely believe he will bless you spiritually and encourage you and lift you up. After the 90 days, you will feel that. And if you don't, we give you every single thing back, no questions asked, we refund all of your money back to you. So really, it's a win-win. What can you lose? I believe it's a Michael Scott, The Office, win, 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 right? Because you begin to see that God is moving in your life in a powerful way. And when you do these things, then it leads to this, an irrational generosity that gives you a perspective of, man, like I can see everybody. You can only see me, but I can see all the individual lives that have been changed by this church. I can see the lives that are being filled up and encouraged. I can see the perspective of now I'm above my own issues, above my own problems, and I begin to see, God, you are doing something through me that I can, more than I could ever do on my own. God, you are doing more than I could ask or imagine. And when you get that perspective of a rational generosity, man, you begin to see God truly is good. And how can I not, just like the Macedonians, how can I not live with abundant joy and overflowing of generosity? They gave out of their own free will. If you feel coerced, please, that's not my heart. If you feel like I'm trying to force you to do anything, that is not my intent. I'm just telling you, man, this is the life. This is the overflow. This is the life that God intended. So see what happens when you begin to live generous with your time, your talents, and your treasure. Take that 90-day tithe challenge. You don't have to make a commitment right now. Pray about it today. I would encourage you, pray about it as a husband and a wife, as a family. We encourage Shepard. He gets, my mom just always throwing 20s, like in a, car, in a greeting card, like, like Halloween, 20 bucks. You know, you know, flag day, 20 bucks, right? Like she's just, she's just, she loves living generous, and we always tell Shepard, hey, two, $2 of that, Jesus's, and he comes and takes his $2 and puts it in the little boxes back there. He loves it. He loves it. I pray that you would never lose that heart of a child to climb the, genera- climb the generosity ladder today, at least out of the none, maybe into something, maybe climb a couple rungs today to recurring and tithing. But again, it's not because we have to, it's because we get to. For God so loved the world that he, what he gave, and I promise you, you can never outgive God. I'm moving from a not enough mindset to a more than enough. I'm moving from it's all mine to it's all God's. I'm moving from I'll give when to I'll give now. And my heart for you today is that you would step into that irrational generosity. That man is so freeing. And you ask anyone in here, Nate included, they'll tell you, man, there's no other way to live. This is the best because then I get to be a part, just like the Macedonian said. They were begging to be a part of what God was doing. And man, I want you to be a part of what God is doing. I wanted to share this picture with you as we close. Last week, we had Baptism Sunday. And let me slide the ladder out of the way so you can see. So this is a picture of beforehand. 
And I always love the before and after of, of baptism. You kind of see, man, they're in the, they're in the tank. They're, they're believing, man, something's going to happen. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus privately, but now publicly as well. And I always love the before and after that you see from this moment to when they come out of the water to this moment. I mean, that's what it's all about. Realizing that we take people from one place to another place, a place where they were hurting and broken and beat down to a place where coming out of that water with tears in their eyes, alive and free and forgiven, knowing that Jesus is with them and they are more alive than they've ever been. And when you give, when you serve, that's what you get to be a part of. When you contribute, you realize, God, my life is a blessing and I so desperately want more and more of it to overflow into the lives of others. Why? Because we're following Jesus' example, Mark 10, 45, for I came not to be served, but to serve and what? Give my life. Jesus gave his life for you. We did it in remembrance today of communion, but I pray that you would live from that, knowing that Jesus, you gave your life for me. How can I not live like this in the overflow and open-handed posture of generosity? I would encourage you, local city, before we close right now, make a step today up the generosity ladder. No pressure, but I would say in this moment, as you look at that ladder, and you would pray, God, what would you have me do? What step are you asking me to take? If he doesn't say anything, don't do anything. But if he says, hey, I think it's gonna be best for you to step into this, take that step, see what God does, take the challenge. Would you pray with me today? Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.